Today's episode of The Teardown is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Teardown. That is the post-race podcast here on The Athletic. My name is Jeff Gluck. I'm along with my coworker Jordan Bianchi. And there was another virtual race um, this afternoon. This is Sunday we're recording this. And uh, we will get to all of that to talk about that. But, uh, of course, uh, we have to first start with the elephant in the room. Um, there was, you know, last week we left off uh, Easter. We recorded before... Uh, the Monza Madness event Sunday night. And uh, I guess, I don't know. I don't know if the way depends on how you look at it. We should have either waited to record that uh, and, and broken down all the Kyle Larson stuff that, that happened that night, or we are fortunate that we had already recorded. So we didn't have to talk about it for a week because now is the time where we have to talk about it. Jordan, is that right? Yeah, I, I'm glad we're waiting. Cause I think a little bit of perspective and, and time away from it is, is a good thing. And obviously events that have happened this week regarding Larson and his future at Chip Ganassi Racing have uh, have transpired, so we can get into that as well. Yeah, and honestly, I've been totally dreading talking about this because it's not pleasant at all. Uh, I've not enjoyed, obviously, any of the coverage that we've had to do on this. It's something that is more of something, obviously, that we have to do as part of the job, covering things that happen, but to rehash it and give our opinions on it and talk all about it. This is a topic that is not enjoyable. So I guess I'll just start off. Um, first of all, you know, there was this race and, you know, you think about how this was thrown together at the last minute by, well, Landon Castle had, had been planning to, to get all these guys together. It's going to be a fun, wacky event. No, no damage, no cautions. They were going to race around the Monza oval in, uh, Italy, the virtual I race, of course. And, you know, you have uh, Kyle Larson, uh, you know, he had said Kyle Larson will be in this race. Larson tweets back at him and says, well, I don't really know. I mean, I don't really remember saying I would, but, um, you know, if I get time and I'm not busy with my family, I guess I'll hop on there. Fateful decision for Kyle Larson, of course. Um, but obviously the more fateful one was um, saying the N-word over a public broadcast. Obviously he thought he was speaking to his spotter. It doesn't really matter though. He said the N-word and anytime you say that, um, that is probably, in my opinion, the worst word in the English language, the ugliest word you can possibly say. Um, and so, you know, uh, as word got out quickly that he did say that, um, circulated on Twitter that Sunday night, Monday morning, by the time we woke up, people were putting out statements. And by the afternoon, sponsors were making it clear that they no longer wanted to be associated with Kyle Larson, which, uh, you know not entirely unexpected at all. I would say that if you're a major corporation and you're, you know, associated with someone who says the N word kind of time to cut ties. Um, you know, that you're sort of backed in a corner on on that regard. Um, from a 
personal standpoint and stuff, you think about, um, you know, the the Im- impacts for Kyle Larson on his on his career. Uh, he brought that on himself, of course, so he'd have to deal with those consequences. But you also realize that you know he's got two young children, um, and he's got a wife. He's got uh, parents who have to hear this from people. Um, so you know, obviously, Larson's career is gone right now in NASCAR. We don't know if he'll be able to come back when. Uh, obviously he's got a lot of work to do with his image first, but, uh, just a really ugly, unfortunate situation. Uh, I think it really Jordan, um, the fact that the word came out of his mouth so easily, in addition to the ending with the hard R, um, you know, is, is a big, uh, distinction there. Uh, why don't you go ahead and talk about some of your take on, um, what transpired there? I echo everything you said, and to me, horrible, offensive word. I agree; it's probably the worst word in the English language. Um, I just, I don't get it. I don't get why that word is in anyone's vocabulary. I don't know why anybody would say that, even if Larson was joking, even if he was just whatever. Why say it? What? Why? Why? Why is that word even in your vocabulary to say? Don't say it. Um, I, I, the decision making to me to 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 say that in a in a when you know that you're involved in this thing that's being recorded and broadcast, I mean you've just what are you doing? Why are you why are you saying this? What why did you think it was a good idea? I just to me it's just it's just I'm still in disbelief that it happened. I just I can't believe it, it is moronic. I mean it was absolutely stupid um, on so many levels, and I'm just. It's, it's baffling to me that somebody who had really so much in front of him, I mean, this was, he was going to be the talk of NASCAR this year because he was a pending free agent and teams were after him. And, you know, this was the next big step in Larson's career and everything was before him. And right now it's gone. It may come back eventually at some point, but right now it's gone. And it's just You've got, like you said, he's got no one to blame but himself. And I hope he takes a hard look in the mirror and start asking some hard questions because um, I it just, I don't know. I don't get it. Well, clearly, you know, clearly he has taken the, or is taking the hard look in the mirror though. I mean, you know, he, obviously that, that word should not have been part of his vocabulary. I, you know, I, I could go all off about this for a while, I guess, but you know, Long story short, um, I used to be roommates with um, a black woman back in uh, when I was working in California for the newspaper there, and the topic came up. Um, you know, it, you know, this was in my early twenties, and you know what I I was you know I like rap music and stuff, I, and I was listening to Jay Z music, and I I asked, um, you know, did did she think it was appropriate for um, a white person to even um, sing this word along with the rap song, like when you're singing the lyrics. And she said, no, that's not appropriate. You know, you can never say that. Now, obviously, uh, people have, you know, on my Twitter all week, which has been really unfortunate saying, well, black people could say, how come white people, there shouldn't be a double standard. I really don't agree with that because this was a word that was used to uh, degrade and, you know, really harm an entire race for decades, if not hundreds of years. Um, and really part of an oppression. And now that community, the black community has, has taken back that word, uh, to try to have ownership of that word for themselves. Um, and so it's really just not appropriate for a non-black person to ever say it. You can debate, 
uh, whether black people should say it at all, but it's definitely not appropriate for ever, even in even in a song or something like that for um, for a non-black person to say it. So um, it's just really, you know, why why did that happen? Um, obviously, I'm sure Kyle Larson will never say that word again. Uh, it's cost him so much um, personally and also including, you know, millions of dollars, uh, like you mentioned, the, the free agency thing. Um, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's really heartbreaking. Honestly, it's a very, it feels very heavy. Even now, um, a week later as we're recording this, if it just, uh, it's, it's sort of loomed over everything all week. Um, it's just, I, you know, Larson was someone that I think, you know, his driving talent, um, which, you know, something that should be celebrated. Uh, you know, he, he could run dirt, he could run NASCAR. He bridged the gap between those two, um, various forms of motorsports. And, you know, you know, he had, was, his career was shaping up to be sort of the greatest, um, you know, all around racing talent of his generation. He's only 27. So he could theoretically, you know, rebuild his career and, and sort of make the comeback from that. But he's always going to have to deal with questions about this. Um, you know, he's really going to have to own it and make it part of his story instead of rather, you know, you can't play the victim about this. You know, you're going to have to say, even if five years from now somebody asks you, well, what about that? You can't get defensive. Say that was a long time ago. You're going to have to say, yeah, that was, you know, a huge mistake, something I've lived with and regretted ever since then. And, um, you know, really, truly show that um, he understands why. And, and you know, the sensitivity training that, training that he's about to go to will obviously deal with that as well. But um, it's just, you know, and I think too, for the, for NASCAR as a whole, Jordan, it's like, you know, this immediately sucked NASCAR and in, back into all the stereotypes that we all as NASCAR, mm-hmm. uh, followers and fans, you know, are familiar with, uh, you know, the redneck thing. Oh, they're racist, bunch of good old boys. And of course this immediately sparked, Oh, yep. We knew it. We knew that's how NASCAR drivers talk. And it's just like, damn, man, it's just. It's just so on yeah. so many levels, just so so unfortunate. I, I think that's a great word is is unfortunate, and you know that was my thought too is on the NASCAR side. Is I feel bad for them, I, I really do, in the sense that they have made great strides to be more open, to be more diverse. I think the driver diversity program that that, that uh, which Larson came through, by the way, ironically, um, is a great thing, and they they've made great strides, and they are certainly more of an open sports league than they ever have been and they still have a long way to go um they're now near as diverse as they are other sports leagues even other racing leagues for that matter um but then you have something like this and it just opens everything up and it's what do you do if you're nascar it's just it's unfortunate someone made a really silly stupid mistake and nascar is going to have to pay the price for this and at a time when they had an opportunity to continue to kind of own the moment um, in, in sports with this iRacing thing. It's just another example of how it's a, sometimes NASCAR just can't stand of its own way. And in this instance, it's nothing they did. It's just they're kind of a victim of circumstance here. And, you know, you had the Bubba Wallace uh, sponsor flap a couple weeks ago, then, and then this now with Kyle Larson. It's just this iRacing thing was, was so promising and so exciting and this was an opportunity for nascar to own the moment and to kind of be the talk of the sports world and they were doing that and it's now you've had a couple high profile incidents and obviously the larson things on a much higher level than anything else um and it just it's tough it really is tough 
Yeah, and and as we slowly sort of make the transition back to talking about video games, which is really, you know, this is I, I didn't even mention this to you. This is I didn't do a tweet up today, uh, the virtual tweet up, because I didn't want to have to do this twice. Because, you know, I, I messaged Bob last night, and and Richmond uh, Raceway, you know, graciously reached out and said, "Hey, we'd love to, you know, have you and Bob in a tweet up, and we can maybe get some some drivers on or whatever." Um, and, and I I had to you know, respectfully turn them down. I, I appreciated the thought, but you know, there was no way to avoid talking about this. Um, and I just, it's, it's, it's draining enough in the real world right now with everything going on and to have to sit here and, and pick through this and, and talk about this. Uh, I just didn't want to do it. Um, you know, twice and then, and then make that transition that I was just referring to like, okay, so anyway, who's going to win the video game today? Ha <laughs> ha, maybe William Byron can do it again. You know, you're just like, uh, like it just, I don't know. So I just, I didn't even do a tweet up today. Um, and you know, it's just, I don't know. And, and I guess going on that note, like sort of my, my enthusiasm overall for iRacing has been, uh, or, or not for iRacing the service, but for the, watching iRacing on TV, as replacement sort of for these races has definitely been dampened. And I, I think it goes beyond just the Bubba and the Larson incidents. Those are certainly heavy and controversial and stuff. And you're just like, Oh my gosh, what's going on here? Um, it goes beyond even sort of the money getting involved and stuff. But, you know, now even this week you had, you know, the politics of, okay, we're not going to let all the guys in, you know, because if we let, if it's too big of a field, it could be like a, a sloppy wreck fest like Bristol, which everybody, you know, people didn't really like that race as much. And so, you know, iRacing was like, okay, we, you know, let's, maybe let's try to limit this here. Well, I think Fox played a big part in that too. And then, you know, there was a thought that they could do um, televised heat races with a shorter main event. Um, and then they didn't, Fox didn't want to do that for whatever reason. So then there was this haggling, you know, Dale Jr., tweets hey i'm out you know i'm i'm not gonna join this week if they're not gonna let some of these guys in so then they made a last chance qualifying race then fox got to pick two provisionals and you know all of a sudden it's like you know ah when did this get so i just remember the first week of like homestead and you know how enthusiastic we are about this and how it was so (laughs) fun and just pure good enjoyment now you know money seeped in politics seeped in real world consequences have seeped in and I was sitting there on my couch today trying to enjoy this and trying to, you know, and, and I think that the Richmond race looked much more like a, quote, real race, you know, because they didn't have any resets. So they were sort of, um, I don't know if they were tiptoeing a little bit or they were playing a little bit conservative. Um, you know, there, there weren't as many. It wasn't as sloppy, you know, but there also weren't that. It wasn't as lighthearted. You know, you had the priest and De Benedetto kind of thing. That was kind of funny. You had Clint Boyer missing qualifying because of the bat. He was in the bathroom or something. But, you know, it just it was just kind of like, ah, I, I was trying to get into it. I, you know, obviously I want to get into it because so we could talk about it on the podcast. I don't want to come on here and be like, ooh, you know, that guy. But I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm having trouble sort of reconnecting right now with the enjoyment factor of watching these races. I think the stakes have changed a little bit. And I think, you know, you, you touched on it. Obviously, sponsors have gotten involved. Um, the national television is, the presence is there. You've got a million plus viewers watching this every week. And I, and I said this, I like what I said a couple of weeks ago, which is this was 
kind of what it was going to be. It, it, it's interesting to see it come together. It's great to see the names that are out there, but you have some guys who are going to take this very, very seriously. Um, you had some teams and sponsors who quickly realized that this was an opportunity to keep their companies relevant and in front of you know a, a national viewing audience. And when you've got those elements together, you're going to get some intensity. You're going to get some things that are going to diminish the fun factor. So I'm not surprised that it's, you know, the 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 joyfulness or the playfulness isn't there as much. Um, I think the last two weeks or the last two two incidents in the last three weeks have, have you know really kind of taken the the pin taken a pin to the balloon. But I don't know. I just this is kind of what it was, and and it, to me, I think people, I, I think collectively, everyone just needs to take a step back and say, you know what, this is an invitation only series. There's no money on the line. I understand that you know the sponsors are wanting to to get out there and everything. And I think there's a way to do it where everybody can win, but it, it also to me seems like a lot of people are complaining for the sake of complaining, and it's it's a really tough position that NASCAR's in, that Fox is in, that iRacing is in, where you've got all these competing entities trying to you know put themselves forth, but how do you do that um, in, in something like this? So it, it's a challenge. I think they're trying to make the best of it they can. I think next week at Talladega is going to be that breath of fresh air that people are looking for. I think you're going to see a good race. You're going to see some craziness. I think you're going to see some fun. So I, I, I look forward to that. I look forward to return to kind of what you were talking about in, in the initial first couple of weeks. But I also recognize that this is this is what happens when you've got money and corporate involvement in things. And th- this is this is how things go, unfortunately. Well, and, and, you know, to that end, I mean, we were trying to talk about, I think at, at the Bristol one about, you know, hey, let, let's lighten up here. You know, let's enjoy this. It's just for fun. And, you know, we had talked about sort of like the line between now that gambling's involved and, and sponsors and all that stuff. Right. But, you know, as much as we were saying, OK, there's no money on the line. There's no money involved. I, I would I would argue that now, unlike the first week where. You know, everybody's like, dude, let's let's do this. This will be great. This will be cool entertainment for everybody. This will be a distraction. Let's provide some normalcy. Let's kind of like get together as the community, do what we can to give our fans uh, a break from everything. Right. Um, I think that was how it sort of initial like, let's do this. This this could be cool. Um, so now I would I would argue that the majority of the drivers who are involved in this on a weekly basis are doing it out of more out of like sort of obligation they you know they realize that their team and sponsors need to have a platform to get on tv even if it's not the same even if you're not bringing guests to the track this is a small thing they can do to their sponsors do for their sponsors right now and say hey look you know thanks for sticking with us you know we're we're obviously not going to charge you guys for this but as sort of like a make good until we can get back back racing or whatever um, you know, we will be on TV, you know, you will be able to hopefully see us. We're, we're our guys going to put in a lot of work. We're going to try to run up front, um, and, and give you guys something, something to watch or something. Right. So when, when you then start limiting the field and saying to some of the, some of the teams, uh, well, sorry, but you know, your, your guy's not big enough. Um, you, you know, he doesn't have a big enough name. Um, you know, then, then it does start to be about money, right? Because then it's like, okay, well, Michael McDowell, you know, they had gone out and gotten this rig and, you know, they had been front row had been tweeting about how, oh, we've got our engineers here, you know, the first couple of weeks and they're helping him. They're like, he's putting a lot of practice into it. And then it's like, oh, sorry, loves travel stop. Um, 
you're actually not going to be involved in this. No fault of your driver. He's just not, we don't, don't really care about him. So he's not going to be in it. We needed a smaller field or whatever. Right. So, um, you know, and in the same, and, and fortunately they, they had that last chance qualifier ultimately to let those guys try to get in. And, you know, McDowell didn't make it. Um, Landon did. Landon Castle had sold sponsorship for Blue Emu. He had been nothing but a team player and a promoter of iRacing and trying to get other people involved in iRacing and all this stuff. And then it was going to look like, uh, yeah, he's not going to race this week until they gave him a shot uh, in the last chance race or whatever, right? So it's just, you know, um, I don't know. It's just that then it does become about money. You know what I mean? So that's that's another thing that just kind of just like, I think you have part of the field who really wants to be in it and part of the field who was just kind of like, ah, I suck at this. I guess I'll just do it anyway because I know my sponsor wants me to be in it. That's the conflict. And how do you resolve that? And I don't know if you can. And I think the easiest way to do it to me is you open it up to anybody. You guarantee like the top 20 driver spots. And then the last 10 spots or so are you do some last chance heat races, kind of what we saw today, which I think is a good format. And you could have probably avoided some of the, the backlash that you got this week. That would make it exciting. Um, I think it would, you know, you, you put a premium on guys who, if they go out there and get the sponsorship and they ran well, like Landon, you know, has, has good finishes, he'd be guaranteed a spot in this race. So, yeah, I, I would like to see that happen. I also look at it and say, you know what, I, it's just just an exhibition. Like, it, it, I understand that. Like, this is just. Fox, this is NASCAR, this is iRacing, trying to fill a void at a time when there's nothing going on, and this is just supposed to be an exhibition, I, and, and this is supposed to be fun, so enjoy it. Try not to take it too seriously, And I, but I don't know. I, I don't know how you can solve that balance. I, there is no way to do that, because as long as you've got TV involved and people are watching this, you're going to have you're going to have sponsors who say, wait a second here, we need to have our name out there that's a hell of a balance and it's hard to strike that. And I think it's an ongoing, it, it is an ongoing struggle to figure that out. You know, and, and I do see it from all sides too. Um, you know, iRacing is trying to put on a good product here. They're trying to do right by NASCAR and Fox. Um, Fox is, is probably looking at it as like, okay, you know, or yeah, we could do heat races for the first half of our 90 minute window or whatever. Right. But, you know, if we do that, it doesn't look like a regular race. And we just want to put on a regular race. Can you not just give us a regular race, people? That's all we want to do. We just want to have, you know, put on a, a what what looks like a normal race, sell our commercials, you know, run the race, you know, maybe get something back for it. And I don't know. You know what I mean? So I get I get it from that aspect too. And, and they're just trying to make it entertaining. But, you know, then it goes back to the balance, like we said, of, you know, trying to make everybody happy. And I guess you just can't. Um, but again, as I've, as I said before, I, I do hope they, they just keep also keeping in mind the, the, not the entertainment value in terms of like the entertainment of the racing, but the entertainment of like the comedy aspect of it. And Hey, let's take this lighthearted guys. But you know, again, I also understand it's hard to do that when you have, you know, like Landon Castle, I was watching his, uh, one of his Instagram Q and a feeds this week. And, and he said, Hey, look, you know, I'm in, I'm in my, uh, my rig, um, eight hours a day right now, eight hours a day, because this is my job. Um, and obviously William Byron is on there either as much as Landon or even more. And William Byron at the end of the broadcast even said, uh, that he practiced situations where he's leading late 
and possibly Timmy Hill was going to be behind him and and that he got bumped out of the way and how do you how do you hold that how how do you hold the line hold the lead you know when somebody tries to hit you from behind you know in a late so, so he put in every all these different scenarios um and you know it's just so people are taking it seriously um I just I don't really know what the answer is I tell you what the real answer is Jordan we got to get back to the actual <laughs> damn racetrack. My goodness. Yes. I mean, it would solve a lot of oh, problems. Gosh, wouldn't it? All right. So let's it talk would. about that because um, I, I don't know how much more of the iRacing stuff I can take uh, like this. I mean, like you said, Talladega would be fun. But let's talk about getting back to the damn track. I just pounded. I'm standing in my closet here. And I just hit my T-shirts uh, that are hanging up here out of out You're of. So uh, well, no, I just I'm just. Ugh, I just got to get back to the track, but I, I don't know if, uh, you know, we'll be going back, but you know, cause fans aren't going to be going back, but the drivers will be. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we did a story this week, Jordan, where NASCAR's plan, um, right now, and you could read this on the athletic, of course, we hope you guys are subscribers. You could have read this days ago. If you, if you were subscribers, um, NASCAR's plan right now is to try to, uh, open things back up with a race at Homestead. They um, requested permission from the North Carolina governor, Roy Cooper to get the race shops back opened under the stay at home order. So they could prepare for a race in Florida, which would be Homestead. Now, um, funny enough, if you read that executive order, it doesn't say anything that race shops can't be open because there's a carve out in there uh, for automotive work. Automotive repair. It doesn't say anything about street cars. It just says automotive. Mm-hmm. So um, the thinking is that uh, under that logic, the state could allow for that to happen. Um, and race shops could be back open and we could be seeing actual racing within a matter of weeks. That would be very exciting, wouldn't it? It would. And I, I this is a question I've been kind of wondering about since we broke this story on Friday on The Athletic is who at NASCAR figured that out? Whoever did deserves a race because that's that's pretty good to, to go through that and to figure out, hey, you know what? There is an opportunity here for us to get the teams back to doing what they do and maybe we can figure out where to race. And, you know, talking to more people that I have since we, we published that story Friday afternoon there's a lot of movement on this. Um, I've been told that NASCAR is going to be meeting with the governor's office uh, sometime this week. I think that's Monday, but I, I don't know for sure. But they are going to be meeting this week. And there is a serious push. And when we saw some statements released by North Carolina state senators um, on social media and other avenues where they have said, we want to see racing at Charlotte um, Memorial Day weekend. It certainly is apparent that there is there, there is a push to get NASCAR back racing in real life. And that is going to happen. It sounds like within sometime in May. And, you know, in the article we discussed, you know, Homestead is certainly a track that is being identified as where they could first race at Charlotte, Darlington, uh, Atlanta are, are all tracks that could, could conceivably host races sometime in the near future. And that in part is because these teams already had cars built for intermediate track races at Atlanta and Homestead back in March. So when these shops are opened up, the, the, the team guys won't have to go and start a car and build it up and get it ready. The cars are ready to go. You just got to basically push it onto the hauler and get them out the door. So it does make it easier 
for the teams. It makes it easier for NASCAR to do some kind of race. It's not going to be a typical race like you would normally see. It's not going to be 600 miles at Charlotte. It's not going to be a 400-mile race at Homestead, likely. But it's going to be some version of that, and it's going to be as close to what you would normally see as you would otherwise. There's going to be some tweaks and changes because they have to because of the circumstances. But this is certainly something on the table and it's something NASCAR is working towards. There's a lot of hurdles that have to be cleared. Um, NASCAR has been very clear in that they are only going to do this in a safe and responsible manner if this happens. And if if it is a public nuisance or if they can't ensure that the team guys and everybody at the racetrack is going to be safe and that they aren't going to further spread this virus, this isn't going to happen. But they are exploring this and they are seriously exploring this. Yeah, and you know our uh, excitement um, for possibly seeing real racing again. On the other side of that, you also go, well, what about the wisdom of trying to do this, trying to be the first sport to come back? Um, most of the country is, you know, still under stay-at-home orders. Uh, we see the numbers uh, related to the virus still going up, including in Florida who had a record number of cases, a single day cases the other day when they reopened the beaches. Obviously you have the governor there saying, Hey, let's, you know, he's actively trying to get a NASCAR race there. He's talked to Lisa Kennedy. He's been in his press conferences saying this, Hey, I want NASCAR. He, he allowed WWE to uh, go there. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of, uh, you know, the, the, it's, it's in theory, if you could do it safely, like really legitimately do it safely, I think that's that's one thing. But I question whether they will be able to do it safely because we know uh, widespread around this country, there's still not enough testing. You can't, not everybody can get a test who even feels symptoms, let alone people, you know, a couple hundred people who are going into a, the garage. Um, you know, those tests aren't, aren't going to be available yet, probably um, even in mid-May. I would think, and if they do, they probably need to go to health workers or, or people who have symptoms. So, you know, if NASCAR can get the test and do it safely, that's one thing. But if if they're allowing this environment where this could possibly be spread around the garage, you know, could could drivers get it? Could, could a whole team in the hauler get it? Something like that. And then you have a bunch of people who have to go back into quarantine for two, three weeks. Um and while, you know, how does that work? If does race NASCAR keep racing without them, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes into this that I, I don't know if it's really the right time, you know, on one hand, and then you have, you have on the, right on the other hand saying, Oh my gosh, I can't wait to see real racing again. I just, I just don't know if this is the right time yet. Um, but whether we think it is or not, they seem to be definitely going forward in this direction. And I'm with you, and I, I go back and forth. I see the positives of doing this. I understand why NASCAR and its teams want to do this. They need to be racing to get paid. That is the simplest way to put it. Without real racing, the teams aren't earning paychecks from sponsors, and they're not getting the money from the TV contracts. And if the longer this goes, the more they're going to hurt. I've got a story up on The Athletic this week. I talked to a bunch of executives um, with mid to small teams about their financial state and where they're at and how they're handling this. It's not good. And the longer this goes, there's a real risk that some of these teams aren't going to be around when NASCAR resumes, whenever that is. So I get why they want to come back. It makes sense. And they also, you know, you look at it, NASCAR would be the only sport out there. This would be a huge boon. 
you would have a lot of eyeballs on NASCAR. I get that. But like you, you look at the other side. There's a lot of risk involved. What you know? Some of the questions I've, I've had conversations with people about this um, over the last few days is these crew guys. The, the race weekends are going to be condensed. Okay, that we we understand that it's going to be one or two day shows. It sounds like. What happens to the crew guys when they leave the racetrack for a night? If there's if they go if teams go in Saturday and they're racing on Sunday, they're going to have to spend the night somewhere. Are they are they how is is are all of the teams being housed at a hotel somewhere? Are they being quarantined um, overnight? I, I just. There's a lot of logistics, and when these crew guys leave the racetrack, they're going back home to their family. So if someone does get sick, there's the risk that it could be spread further. What happens if a driver on race day comes down with a fever? You know, I mean, how does that work? Does how does it does a team find a how does a team find a replacement driver for him? Um, does everything shut down? There's just there are a lot of logistical questions and a lot of safety questions and. NASCAR has said that they are they understand this and that they are exploring all of their avenues, but you know again it's you know you can explore and you can investigate and you can try to take every safety measure you want, but at the end of the day, is there really a hundred percent safeguard on this? I don't think there is. No, far from it. And you know, I had someone in in the industry this week point out to me that you know. You actually probably don't want to be the first sport back. As tempting as it is, you know, money and attention mm-hmm. and owning the spotlight yeah. and being the only one. Okay, that's I've great. Heard that too. But yes, the problem is you you would rather be the second or third one back because if something does go wrong, you can say, oh well, you know, the PGA came back first, so we just, you know, now on the other hand, let's say you know this is probably the the cynical reporter side of me. But let's just say uh, that they, with all good intentions, they they try to race at Homestead. They do, and uh, you know, a few days later comes out. Uh oh, the virus. Uh, some people came down with symptoms. It has spread in the garage. Blah blah. Well, guess what? The headlines are now going to be Jordan. It's going to be those dumb rednecks from NASCAR with a guy who just said the N word. They just tried to come back way too early when everybody said that they should still be under stay at home orders. They tried to come and race, and now look what happened. What a bunch of idiots! And it's going to completely it would if that happened, it would completely backfire more than any positive gains from being the first ones to race. You know what I mean? So that's the risk there, and that's a big risk uh, that I don't know. Is it not just worth waiting a few more weeks and see see what happens? I, I just I don't know the answer. Again, I'm not in charge, but this is how I see the possibilities of things going. And here's a question for you too, and this is something that's come up too: is what's the liability factor for NASCAR and for its teams if one of the crew members or if somebody associated with the industry gets sick? And they, they, is there lawsuit? Is, is there lawsuit potential? I mean, do they have a case? I, I don't know. These are just things that people are talking about right now as this happens. So, well, you probably had to sign a waiver. Than, I mean, yeah, you know, I'm yeah, sure the yeah, legal department probably. make them sign a, a waiver if you enter this facility and you get sick. You are accepting the risk that you get sick or something. You know, um, you know, there's all sorts of other things too, as far as, um, and, and this is this is more minor stuff, perhaps, but. You look at, okay, a month from now in Florida, cases still on the rise. Um, in order to have a race, you will need a medical staff at the race in the care center mm-hmm. in case something happens to a driver. Okay. Yeah, there's not going to be fans. So you probably don't need as big of a medical staff or whatever. But you need uh, a trauma doctor. You need a nurse or two. And normally those people would be at the hospital helping 
um, in these long shifts, you would think right now, right? So maybe it's not going to be as spiked and maybe they can bring in doctors from somewhere else. It's not as hard hit. I don't know. But those are all the things you got to think about right now. Um, image wise too, you know, how does that look? So I don't know for me being a little bit on the cautious side. Um, I think as, as tempting as it would be, look, it's, it's tempting. Everything's tempting right now. Of course, everybody wants to get back to normal. Of course we want to go to our favorite restaurants and, and I want to go hug my parents again. And I want to, you know, yes, like I, yeah, I want to take my daughter to the zoo. That would be great. But I just don't know if this env- if this environment uh, will allow for that. But again, NASCAR, um, you know, I, I I would say it's safe to say they're aligned with the current administration, uh, presidential administration, who seems set on um, trying to get the things reopened sooner than some of the experts uh, are saying. I don't think that's a political thing to say. I think that's just facts that you know Trump has been pushing this. He's friends with uh, the France family. He's friends with a lot of the NASCAR team owners. You know, he came to the Daytona 500. He's, I'm sure, you know, saying, hey, guys, it'd be great if you did this. Um, we we, we want to see this. So I'm sure NASCAR senses that as well. They feel like, hey, this is this could be our patriotic duty to help the country, to help entertain. We, we could do this. And I'm sure it's, there's a lot of temptation. I just, I don't know, man. It's just, uh, it's going to be going to be very interesting. I'm glad I'm not making this decision. That's all I got to say. Well, we would be a lot richer if we were because the people that make this decision are making the big bucks, Jordan, <laughs> the big bucks. And they're earning it. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. So Jordan, uh, you know, any, uh, any final thoughts, I guess, before we go to the, was it a good race poll? What a week it's been. What a crazy week. I mean, obviously we had the Kyle Larson stuff. We've got the, what the story that we had on Friday about NASCAR moving forward. It looks like to try to get racing back sooner rather than later. It has been a long week and who the heck knows what's going to happen next week. Oh man. I, I just, I, I just miss so much about uh, normal life at this point. I mean, uh, man. Uh, anyway, um, so I will do a was it a good race poll uh, about this race. Um, haven't squeezed the last uh, vestiges of my normal normal tradition, I guess, out of out of me yet. Um, what what will this was it a good race poll be? I'm I am so lost on this one because personally, I was watching this thinking. Uh, I just, mm, I mean, but at the same time, it was much closer to real racing to, you know, what we would see for a real race. Um, I saw people on Twitter, for instance, uh, Eric Estep from, uh, he's the YouTuber, uh, out of the groove is his show. And he was throughout the race saying, this is great. I love, this. this is awesome. But I also got texts from people during the race, um, saying, Oh, I don't, you know, I don't like this as much. So I really, really don't know where this is going to land. Um, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Yeah, you go ahead and go first. Okay. You're you must be as lost as I am. So uh, yeah, I have an I have a number in mind, but I'm gonna let you go first. Okay. So I mean you you did have, you know, uh overtime finish. She had some good quote racing, you know. Um it wasn't a it wasn't a uh poop show by any means, I guess. Um so it wasn't like Bristol. Bristol I think ended up at fifty five percent, fifty two percent, something like that. So it's not going to be in the 50s. I don't think it'll be in the 60s. It'll probably be low 70s, you know. So I, I would say, you know, maybe uh, 71. I'll say 71%, low 70s. Oh, why do I let you go first? Really? Were um, you going to say something along those lines? Yeah, I had seven, 70 was the number I had in mind, just kind of echoing your thoughts. So, Well, that's fine. Yeah. Let's just go 
Um, let's just go 70 and a half since we have the decimal point on there now above or below. Um, yeah, let's just, let's just go that route. Uh, so I'm above, I'm 70 half, 70.5 or above your 70.5 or below. Yeah. That was a good race though. I mean, I, I did think it was, it was competitive and, and there was times where I watched it. And I'm like, this does look like a real NASCAR race you would see at Richmond. So I, I think that will come across a little bit and, think it you know you kind of shake a little bit of the the whatever's lingering from bristol out of people's minds yeah so um last we left off we had told people to contact you and uh because you were lonely uh <laughs> did you hear from any of our listeners or anything like that this week no 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 one's no one slid into my dms no one's tried to reach out no just all by my lonesome still wow well i i felt bad uh you know i felt like we should um, you know, have some sort of activity. So we started playing words with friends this week uh, because in your Twitter profile, I noticed it says uh, yeah. that you are a Scrabble aficionado. And, uh, you know, I never, never talked to you about that in my life. I don't know why, um, you know, as much time we spent together or whatever, but never talked to you about that. So uh, I said, well, maybe we'll play words with friends. I mean, I, I hadn't launched up even open words with friends. I didn't have it on my phone anymore. I had probably had not played in legitimately seven or eight years. I, I get on there now. It says I've been playing since 2011. I'm like, wow, that's, <laughs> I probably paid for like between 2011, 2012 and then quit. And then it has still all, has all my stats on there. Uh, you are clearly better, uh, like by a long shot than me. I don't know if you're doing some sort of trickery. No, no, or no, 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 if this no, is no, just, no, you are no, a genius. No, no, don't No. Okay. Don't, well, yeah, you know, no, we a, come from the racing world where people push the envelope on the rules, Jordan. Yeah, there's no gray over here. Over here. This so is you're just, just saying I'm getting cold. legitimately is, getting my butt kicked over and over again. I am. Here, here's what I can say to you is that when you asked me, do I play Word with Friends? I think I texted you back. Absolutely. And I laughed out loud because I could see that you're going to want to play. And I'm like, I almost texted you saying, this isn't going to end well for you. <laughs> you shouldn't do this. Because... It isn't going to end well. Like, I'm sorry. It's just, it's not going to happen. This is, this is my wheelhouse and you may win one every once in a while, but I'm going to win nine out of 10. And that's just the way it is. Well, yeah, the first game I, I, uh, I made it close late and then you, yeah. you blew me out. Uh, and then the second game was a total blowout. I wanted to quit. Third game is a total blowout. I, I actually want to quit. Um, but I feel like that would yeah, be, fine. No, so fine. do you want other, you be the first. do you want our listeners to, uh, I yeah absolutely I mean this may, may on contrary to my well I'm kind of a jerk but um yeah hit me up I'm I'm game I'll play with anything you want to play word with friends let's do word with friends you want to you got racing questions hit me up I'm always you know I'm always willing to talk about pretty much anything so I am very uh, open and uh, outgoing okay so words with friends I think my username I think my username is Jeff underscore Gluck like my Twitter name yeah right. So feel yeah. free to start a game with me until I delete the app again out of frustration for losing to Jordan over and over. <laughs> I don't recommend playing Jordan. He will destroy you. Unless I'm an idiot and I cannot do no, anything right. I am t- I I think I'm okay. Like I'm not I'm not good. I'm not good. You're good. You're smart. No. You're very smart. It's just, I'm not good at words more to it. I'm then. not good at scrabble. But I I am getting destroyed. Destroyed. You are like the William Byron of <laughs> words with friends. Okay? Yeah. So anyway, you you can. Uh, what's your Twitter? What's your uh, name? Big Word J with spaces in between. Yes. Yes. And there's a reason because I I put down big words. 
Yeah, you play big words and your name starts with J. We got that. <laughs> big word J. Uh, we'll yeah, destroy it's, it's... you, everybody. You've got Willie B owning iRacing, and you've got Big Word J owning words with what friends. Is... Okay. Yeah. He will. Well, play me in Scrabble, by the way. Well, this is Scrabble, basically, except that no, I can. It's, it's... Scrabble's even harder, and it's there's a little more strategy involved. Yeah, it's harder because I can't I can't try to put a bunch of letters out there that I don't even know what it is, and it gives me a little green check mark like you can play this, and I'm like, oh great! If I was playing Scrabble, I would try to put those letters out, and you'd be like, no, that's not a word. And I'd be like, dang. I'm gonna it. tell you a quick story. Okay, real quick. I was playing um, with a girlfriend Scrabble, and she got so upset with me because I was winning and dominating. She got up, threw the board. And the tiles across the room and stormed off and said, I don't want to talk to you right now. Well, I'm, I've thrown a Scrabble board. <laughs> I've definitely thrown You've got anger problems. We've already identified that. <laughs> I've definitely thrown Now, was, this girlfriend wasn't the person that was in the wasn't in our chat uh, a couple weeks ago in our Q&A, was it? No? No, that was a different one. Okay. It's hard to keep them track, I know. I know. There's a lot, uh, there's a lot going on with you, Jordan. I, I still can't keep it all straight, but... <laughs> All right, Jeff underscore Gluck is my big, uh, not my big words. With <laughs> I don't play big <laughs> words. I play dumb words, like the more of the third grade vocabulary. Anyway, that's my name, Big Word J. Thank you so much for listening to our Big Word Teardown podcast. And we'll probably talk to you next week from Talladega. Who knows if we'll even watch this anymore. We're, maybe we're such oh, crouches on. now. Okay, we're fine. We'll watch Talladega and we'll podcast Talladega. about it. I'm Talladega. Excited. Talladega. All right. It'll be fun. It'll be all crazy. Right. Talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening. See you later.